Welcome to Reflections from the Heart, presented by Stewardship, a mission of faith. Reflections from the Heart with your host, David Abel, is an outreach of Gospel Reflection, a ministry of Stewardship, a mission of faith. For the next 30 minutes, please join David as he breaks open the bread of life in the Gospel reading for Sunday's Mass. And as the same Holy Spirit who inspired the biblical writers, inspires us today with the truths he reveals to our hearts through his word. Now, here's David with Reflections from the Heart. Welcome everyone to another session of Reflections from the Heart. My name is David Abel. Today I'm joined by Tom DeAngelis, Tom Furtle, and Rob Lungo. Welcome one and all. Good Thanks to be here, David. Awesome, awesome. Everybody would take a moment and get their Bibles. We're going to turn to the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 21, verses 28 through 32. But before we break open the bread of life to see how Jesus wants to speak to us today, Rob, do you mind inviting the Holy Spirit into our hearts? Okay, here we go. In the name of the Father, Father and Son, and the Son, Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. 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 Heavenly Father, you are awesome. Thank you so much for your love and your kindness, your goodness, your patience. Thank you for, for always pursuing us, for giving us this opportunity right now, wherever we are, wherever we're listening, to, to hear your word. We ask you please to, to prepare our hearts so we can be received into fertile soil, that you can grow the seeds that are planted, and that we can be open and generous and just giving all the gifts that you've given to us, just sharing those and giving those to others. Please, Lord, bless all those who are listening. Bless them and their families and friends, everything they're involved with, and help us each to grow closer to you. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 In the name the Father, Father, Son, Son, Holy Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. Tom, do you mind giving us a little gospel love today? Sure. Reading from the gospel according to Matthew Chapter 21, verse 28 to 32. Jesus said to the chief priests and the elders of the people, What is your opinion? A man had two sons. He came to the first and said, Son, go out and work in the vineyard today. He said in reply, I will not. But afterwards changed his mind and went. The man came to the other son and gave the same order. He said in reply, Yes, sir, but did not go. Which of the two did the father's will? They answered, the first. Jesus said to them, Amen, I say to you, tax collectors and prostitutes are entering the kingdom of God before you. When John came to you in the way of righteousness, you did not believe him. But tax collectors and prostitutes did. Yet even when you saw that, you did not later change your minds and believe him. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. I love the Father's heart. He always invites us as his precious sons and his precious daughters to go out, and it says it right at the end of the sentence, every day to work in the vineyard. A vineyard represents the world, and the work we're called to do is the works of love. How can we be a blessing to other each and every day? How can we pray for someone? You know, when you get those spiritual eyes to see and that heart to respond with love as you pass by someone who perhaps has tattoos all over and earrings where earrings shouldn't be, you know, what do you do? Do you judge them or do you pray for them? Do you recognize that Christ is in them? Do you recognize that they were created by God the Father to be his precious son or daughter? Because that is a truth. The enemy of our soul cannot create a human being. He cannot 
create a soul. So God the Father created all humanity for his son, Jesus Christ, as his gift to him. We were a gift to his son. So for me, man, Lord, give me the eyes to see. Give me the eyes to see and let me go out. Invite me every day as your precious son to go out, to go forward every day to work in the vineyard. Not sit, watch television, not sit behind my computer screen, not veg out, but to go do the works that you called me to do, that you prepared for me to do in advance, those works of love, mercy, compassion, forgiveness. Wow, the greatest gift we can give someone is to pray for them. Don't miss the opportunities that God gives us every day. You know, David, that that work is there every day, and it's and it's to use the vineyard analogy some more. It's low hanging fruit. So many times we think about working in the vineyard, doing the Lord's work. We think about you know missionaries or going to different countries or or doing some big involved project, and yet the opportunities to simply minister, evangelize, to show compassion, to show love, they're in front of us every day. We how many people do we encounter in a given day? How many situations do we have the chance to work with somebody, talk with somebody? Those are opportunities. So it's not always about formally working, formally doing some type of thing in, uh, in service of the church. Those opportunities to work in the vineyard, which is everywhere we go, present themselves to us every day. We just have to stop, pause, recognize them, and embrace the opportunity. And as, as you were sharing about the devil not being creative, right? He cannot create. Uh, it just brings me in, in my thoughts to brings my thoughts to the St. Michael, the Archangel prayer, mm. right? And so since he can't create souls— what does he do? He prowls around the world seeking the ruin of souls. So that should, when we pray that prayer, that should just get us so excited to to take the best of both worlds. Let's let's pray that each of us can can say yes and go, right? Let's yeah. take the best of the first son, the best of the second son, and and say yes and then go, right? Because the, the time is now. It, the sense of urgency is so high because the evil one is prowling ar- around the world seeking the ruin of the souls of all of us, for all of our kids, our grandkids, our family, friends, everyone. So we need to go out into the vineyard every day armed up with prayer, right, with a- a- ARM, right, adoration, rosary, and mass, right, arm up every day and, and just go into the vineyard to, like you're saying, Tom, to be Jesus, to be his love, his light, his joy, his invitation, his invitation to, to come home. I think, too, that it also highlights the importance of taking the time uh, to bring ourselves back to the presence of God. Because if we're rushing around doing stuff all the time, we sometimes forget. I know I get into situations sometimes when I get busy where I'm just checking off the boxes. And I, and I miss the fact that I'm being there. And, and, and this, these are good service things. These are things for our Catholic schools, things that we do through stewardship. But you, it's just check off the box, check off the box. And you're just trying to get work done. And you forget that you're supposed to be the presence of Christ out there. And so we need to come back, as you said, Rob, to, you know, to adoration, you know, to sit in front of the Blessed Sacrament and remember who we are. We've heard from our retreat from, you know, Monsignor Esif. We, we have to know who we are. We have to know we're sons of the Father. We have to remember that and, and that we're being Christ for other people, that we're, we're out there doing that, that kind of work. So in addition to being, you know, as you said, David, getting out in fr- away from the computer, away from the TV and getting out and doing that work, we also have to remember when we go out there who we are and what we're doing and not just, you know, get so busy that we forget, you know, I'm just checking off the boxes to get the work done. And God will take care of the goodness, but but we have to be that person because it affects dramatically how we do the work. Do we just do it to get it done or we do it 
to be the presence of Christ. We find those opportunities when we are interacting with people to really be Christ to them, to to listen, to take time, to you know, to to see an opportunity to do something kind for somebody else instead of just, uh, well, I dropped off the books, I'm done, let's go. And I think a key to that is what you shared, Tom, is Jesus came to do one thing, the will of the Father. He spoke the words of the Father, he did the will of the Father, and it says right here, the two did his Father's will. Which ones? So for me, every day of my life, I need to be in communion, common union with the heart of the Father, and I need to ask him, Father, what do you want me to do today? What is your will for me today? And when we surrender and we allow God to use us, because again, at the end of the day, we don't do the work. It's the Jesus Christ who lives in us, with us, and through us that does the work, the works of mercy, the works of compassion, the works of pure, unconditional love, the works of forgiveness. So, man, when you're in tune with the Father, so for me, before I go out in the world, i got to fill up. Mm-hmm. i got to make sure that it's not me going out there, but that I take that time with the Father. I give him the first fruits of my day to do, truly be filled up by him so that then I can go out into the vineyard, out into the world, and be that vessel of his love. Because you know what? We're called in that vineyard to till the soil, <laughs> have the eyes to see those plants need fertilized, meaning people need 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 healthy encouragement, words of affirmation. We need to, you know, um, prune back when necessary or be an instrument that God uses to help prune back. So for me, I want to be all in. I don't want to miss the opportunities because what's at stake? The salvation of souls. God's including us. In that mission, he's commissioning us in the mission of Christ, his only begotten son. So I want to say, I'm all in. Use me, Father. Here I am, Lord. It is I, Lord. Amen, amen. And uh, and check our intentions of our hearts because we can say yes and go. But while we're there, we're just a bunch of mopes. You know what I mean? Like we need to. Or truly, curmudgeons. Yeah, yeah, we need to truly, <laughs> truly be there out of a pure desire for the love of soul. Who does God love most? God loves people the most, right? So like you're saying, Tom, that sometimes we get so task-oriented that we forget that there's a person on the other end of that task. Right. Whether it's a book, a retreat, a you know, presentation in front of a thousand people, that there's someone that God wants you to personally interact with. Right? God spoke to the masses, but he allowed himself to be interrupted one-on-one. Right? He, he met people one-on-one where they were and and... Our ministry should be one of interruptions, right? right? That we allow the interruptions and we look at them in the eye and, and we allow them to encounter the Christ in us, right? Not just being there, just to be there. You mean like the the chief priests and the elders possibly here? You know, Jesus is calling them out because, again, they they, 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 they put on the mantle and they and they play the part. But, I mean, that's pretty strong language, you know, for, for this time to, to say the tax collectors and, and the prostitutes are going to be ahead of you, you know, because they, <laughs> yeah. they've recognized, they've, they've, they've repented, they've come around, and those that are, that are supposed to be or proclaiming that they're following, uh, following the law, uh, it's superficial and it, and it hasn't taken hold. You know, they, they don't need a Savior, you know, and, and that's easy to get into. I don't need a Savior. I'm, I'm good. Really, let's talk about that. You know, um, I believe Christ came for everyone, um, and it is true sometimes that the most broken um, recognize that earlier, and and those who have a feeling of I'm doing okay or I'm being righteous or I'm being saintly um, can miss out on that. And I think that's a strong reminder. And we got to be careful because you know we need to take a hold of our first vocations. So as as husbands, you know, speaking for myself, my number one vocation given to me by God is his precious daughter, my wife. My number two vocation, 
through the grace of God and the gift of God of children. Number two vocation, and that sacred trust, is God entrusting his children to me as my children. That's my number two vocation. So we can't put church work or good stuff above our first two callings in our vocations in that primacy of order. So like this morning, I'm very busy. I've got this happening, that happening. I got to the radio, I got to this, da-da-da-da. But I get the prompting in my heart, the ache in my heart to go home to my wife, God's daughter, to just let her know how much I love her and how much I just ached to be with her. So in obedience, I did that and I told her that. And I'll tell you what, you could just see her light up. You could see her like become lighter than air and give me the greatest hug, the greatest kiss. It was like, oh my goodness. But what was I doing? The father's will. He wanted to let his daughter know just how much I loved her. So what a precious moment. It was 10 minutes, but you know what? That 10 minutes, no amount of money could buy. And it just told God's daughter, my precious wife, just how much she was important to me. She was a priority to me. And I just wanted to let her know that. So, man, I'm telling you, as we go out to do the will of the Father, we go out to work in the vineyards. Don't get your priorities mixed up. Number one is your spouse. They are God's son or God's daughter, precious, entrusted to us. So we need to first and foremost put them as priority one, and then our children and grandchildren. And then everything else has to come below that line, everything else. Otherwise, the enemy of our soul can use good stuff to rob us from what is the great. And that's surrender, Dave, what you mentioned earlier. That's surrendering. That's saying, you know what, I'm going to pause, and I'm going to listen to the promptings of the Holy Spirit uh, and follow where God wants me, and not, not not my plan, not what I want to do. And and I think about the first son, because you know, we can identify with the Pharisees there, we can identify with the second son, but you know, the first son, what caused him to pause? He went out, and in the end, so he made things right, but what caused him to pause? You know, was it, I have unfinished business to do, I have some of those boxes to check off, yeah. like you talked about, Tom, you know, and I think there's a message there in his experience that, you know, when, 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 when the Holy Spirit prompts, follow. I mean, all throughout Scripture, you see, you know, Jesus heals or, you know, Je- Jesus forgives somebody and they get up immediately. They immediately get up. They immediately go worship. They immediately follow. There's a response to, 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 that, to that prompting. And, and Dave, so, you know, your, your story this morning, answering that prompt, surrendering. All right, I got a busy day. I got things to do, but this is where the Father's leading me, and I'm going to embrace that and go with it. And in the end, his way, as always, ends up being better than any plan that we might have had, you know, for the morning. And that's, that's shown in the first disciple of Jesus Christ, Mother Mary, with haste, with haste. Once she opened up to the invitation, she said her yes to receive, to conceive Jesus in her womb and in her heart. Then it was with haste she immediately went to someone else in need, her cousin Elizabeth. So it is the truth. So, man, I want to be because, you know what, as you reflected on that first son, when he said no, There was something in his heart. There was an impurity. There was a catch in his heart that needed to be refined. Was it bitterness? Was it unforgiveness? Was it whatever? But you know what? Whenever we sense that, you know what? We invite the Holy Spirit in. And we say, Holy Spirit, you're the light of my heart. You're the light of my soul. Show me what is that catch? What is that bitterness? What's in there that caused me to say no was a reaction, not a response in love. And then you know what? Allow the Holy Spirit to show you 
and allow then the Father to do the work to clean out that area of your heart that needs purified so you can purely reflect the beauty and truth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, to everyone we meet. I circled R entering, so tax collectors and prostitutes are entering. So God is the God of now. The kingdom of, of God is at hand. And, you know, this is before his passion, death, and resurrection. So the, you know, the gates of heaven haven't been opened yet. But he's saying prostitutes and tax collectors are entering the kingdom of God because when John came and he came in the way of righteousness, they called Jesus' followers the way, right? He was presenting them Jesus as their Lord and Savior, and they were accepting him and they've entered the kingdom right there so you know it's not they didn't say prostitutes and tax collectors will enter the kingdom in the future they are entering it because they said yes you know they heard john's message they encountered jesus and they said yes they gave their all in they gave their surrender and they were in the kingdom right then and there so god is the god of now so everybody listening we can enter the kingdom of heaven now every time we say our yes every time we live our yes every time we come closer to jesus our surrender we we are entering the kingdom of heaven Absolutely. And those foretastes of heaven that we experience, those divine appointments, those heavenly kisses, where we get to truly taste that, wow, that breath of heavenly, I don't even know the word, experience. You know what? They can happen here and now whenever we give in unconditional love or whenever we receive it. You know, I was thinking too, Rob, when you said about the, the eternal now, you know, that God is the eternal now. If you think about it, you know, purgatory is just a matter of being brought into the eternal now at some point. It's being purged of all those other distractions and other things in your in your heart and in your mind and then being brought to that. But, you know, if you read the great saints and mystics, St. Teresa of Avila, John of the Cross, you know, St. Therese, they've had a taste of that experience in their life. It doesn't persist. You know, there are other things that get in the way. There's distractions. There's irritations with your, you know, the people in your convent. But uh, but they've had tastes of that, of that union. The other thing, too, is I look at the comparison here. You know, I, I never, until I read it this time around, I never really looked at, it's clear that, the, you know, the first son who says no and then goes out in the garden, well, that, that's the tax collectors and the prostitutes. You know, they they said no, but then they listened to John and now they're coming around. They're going, they're, they're out in the, they're going out in the, in the vineyard and they're going to work. But then if you, if you take the other comparison and say, well, the, the chief priests and the elders are the sons that said, the son that said yes, but didn't go out. Well, they said their yes, and they're stuck in their yes, and they're thinking the yes was that's all that they need. They're they're there, and they're, you know we're doing what we're supposed to be doing. And now Jesus is coming along, and John's coming along as his you know precursor and saying, no, you got to we got to go out and work in the garden. There's stuff we got to do here, and we got to go out after the tax collectors and the prostitutes. And they're saying, oh, I didn't sign up for that, you know. And it was convicting to look at myself and say, how often you know what camp am I? Mean, I can see where I used to be lost, and now I'm found. But now that I'm found, you know, am I sitting around, you know, not working and being distracted and not doing those things that I'm being called to do? Am I operating in some other place besides the eternal now, you know? And am I allowing those things, those distractions to get in the way and those, you know, those confusions and and the irritations with other people where I missed the opportunity to be Christ to that person because they irritated me because I didn't like where their earrings were or something, you know, right. as you said. Yeah. All, the, all that discussion of the, the tastes of heaven and the, and those moments, I mean, it, what comes to mind immediately with, with me is, is is reconciliation. I mean, the yeah. moment following oh, yeah. reconciliation. And you think about it, I mean, theologically, spiritually, 
at that moment, um, uh, as long as you've been honest and surrendered, you, you are pure. Yeah. And uh, those mm -hmm. obstacles have been removed. And you're in that amazing state of sanctifying grace. You know, and whether that lasts a month, a week, an hour, <laughs> until things start getting in the yeah. way. But that's to me, that's one of the great examples I, I, I enjoy in my life, that feeling. I mean, yeah. I, I, you know, even today, it's like the feeling you had when you first went as a, as a small child. Like you just yeah. have that, you just, you're floating, literally floating out of the confessional, floating, you know, down the church, just feeling like everything yeah. is right because it is. Is at that point, yeah. and so again, for everybody out there, you know, reconciliation, sacrament of confession is just—it's just a tremendous gift, and it is that personal, intimate encounter with the Father through the Son that 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 puts us in that state of grace. Embrace it yeah. regularly, often. Yeah. Absolutely, and I love when you use chief priests and elders because these are people they knew the scriptures front, back, back, front. Well, you can know the Bible front, back, back, forth. You can quote me scripture. You can do verse and chapter and everything, but not know God because you don't reflect him, because you haven't taken it from your head to your heart. And I think that's the key to this, you know, because it's a matter of the heart. Everything Jesus looks at, it's a matter of the heart. Head knowledge will not get you into heaven. Head knowledge of God of Jesus Christ, of our Father, will not get you into heaven. That's why you need to go intimate. Take time in quiet with the Father. Take time in quiet with the Word of God to be transformed into that Word of God. Jesus Christ is the Word became flesh. That's what God wants to do in each and every one of us. Enflesh us in that Word of God. You know, so for me, that's powerful. And then I go down further and I look at those sentences that says, when John came to you in the way of righteousness, you did not believe him. Well, today, what is the name of the person God's sending into my life that's the way of righteousness and is sharing tough love with me, truth maybe I don't want to hear? Am I open? Is my heart open? Because I love it when Jesus says, if today you hear my voice, harden not your hearts, the Holy Spirit, Jesus Christ, can speak through people to you. Are you open to hear? Are you open to corrective corrective critique in your life so that you can continue to be formed and molded and fashioned into the image and likeness of Christ? And you know what? I fall down. So, boy, I want to become more spiritually aware, aware of who God is sending in my life in the way of righteousness and then be open to make the corrective actions through the grace of God to continue to be purged, that purgation of anything, anything that does not point to Jesus Christ. And that, that happened this week with, uh, with a, a podcast I listened to uh, where a, a woman spoke to a group of men. It was the first time this group of men had a woman address them, and she spoke about what every wife wants. And it was three three points based on how God created women, and it was every wife wants to feel that they're beautiful, that uh, that not they're they're the most beautiful woman in the world to the world, but they are the most beautiful woman in your eyes. Uh, every woman wants to be pursued because where God thinks that your wife is beautiful, God God pursues your wife, uh, so she wants to be pursued, and it's not something that she's doing just to make our lives miserable. It's the way God made her. And then the last was that, you know, God created Eve for Adam 
and you know, the, to be a, an equal counterpart that she wants to be involved and included in in your life. And sometimes as guys, we want to try to control everything, and you know, um, you know, I'll, I'll give you the information when you need it. No, they they want to be that that equal that that counterpart. Um, so that was a John the Baptist moment for me because uh, I just I haven't been living that. I haven't been, uh, you know. Okay, I said I do, and you know we're good to go, and uh, you know it's, uh, it's 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 like the, those omissions. You know, I'm not running around, I'm not doing drugs, I'm not out golfing 20 hours a week, but a lot of it's those. You know, how often have I omitted the opportunity to tell my wife that she's beautiful, to pursue her, to include her? I've often thought um, because I worked, you know, I worked in the Hershey Company, I was in manufacturing for years, that. Um, and you know, it was early on when we were just starting our family that that we oftentimes suffered from this division of labor mentality. You know, like that's it, one of the things that made you know the industrial revolution happen. Is well, you do this and you do this and pass it. You know, it goes down the line. Well, you take care of the kids. I go out and earn the living, and you know, you take the kids here and I take them there, and we do this and we do that, and we never. You know, there's times that we are going for days and we don't share. We don't never connect. You know, and. I know it's a little easier when you're an empty nester, but it's still, you know, she's going her way, taking care of our grandchildren now, and I'm, you know, out at work and doing stuff, and so a lot of times we don't connect. We get home, we're tired, we fall asleep, you know, and uh, but those those things are important. You know, the pursuit I think is is one of those things that you sometimes miss too. But that's definitely, you know, I can see that in my own life and and over the in the, the course of my life too. So it's and, uh, and it's Dave, good to so, be reminded. Thank you, Tom. It's that, that you've shared with you know all, all of us here over this journey of reflections from the heart is uh, whenever something happens, ask God the question, God, what did you want to teach me through that? So you know if we've you know if I've come to this realization, God, what do you want to teach me through that? You know, how can I change? So that's uh, that's that's always you know when there's John the Baptists come and then they really they get us right. God, what, what what do you want to teach me through that? Everything we go through is a living parable. Jesus taught in parables in the sacred scriptures, but then through the grace of God and the power of the Holy Spirit, we can break open those parables. So everything I go through every day of my life, if, and I'm saying if because I'm not perfected yet, I take the time and say, okay, God, what do you want to teach me? It's amazing how many times in all these situations, the Lord holds up a mirror and I got to look at myself in the mirror and say, oh my, here's the role I played. Here's what I here was my shortcoming, because God wants to continually build us and and strengthen us and arm us and equip us for what's yet to come. So you know what's a great practice every day as you go through life when you have an encounter when something happens, do not beat yourself up, do not self condemn yourself. None of that's of God. So you know what, Father, you know go to confession. You know you can do that verbally, or you can go to the sacrament of reconciliation. You know if it's a mortal sin. Forgive me. Now help me. What was I to learn through this? Now grant me the grace to not do this again. And grow and learn because then what you become is a teacher. May God bless each and every one of you. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Reflections from the Heart has been presented by Stewardship, a Mission of Faith. We hope that you've been blessed and encouraged as you listen to Reflections from the Heart. If so, you might consider participating in a Gospel Reflection group. For information on locations and times of Gospel Reflection Groups, or how to start a Gospel Reflection Group in your area, please visit our website at 
stewardshipmission.org and click on Gospel Reflection Groups or call us at 717-367-0100. Stewardship, a mission of faith, is a 501c3 nonprofit organization and depends on donations from people like you to make Reflections from the Heart possible. If you enjoyed this broadcast, please prayerfully consider making a tax-deductible donation by visiting our website or calling us at 717-367-0100. On behalf of David and the staff here at Stewardship, a Mission of Faith, thank you for listening. And until next time, may God bless, protect, and guide you on your journey home to Him.